Welcome to session three of the Joshua Project podcast. Man, we are so excited for our friend today, episode number three with Father Alex Layton. Yeah, that's right. I'm, I'm excited to be here, man. Thanks for having me. So I thought it was funny, right? Because we record these podcasts with Zoom and then we also have the ability to capture the video, um, which we put on uh, my YouTube channel, Bryce Bauer. Uh, go there, subscribe, and, and, and actually watch this. Um, Alex has a pretty epic beard. It seems like you've thinned it out a little bit. Is something going on with your beard? I don't know. It's, it's, it, when I have the collar underneath, it kind of shines through. I need, some, I need some more darker stuff to kind of, you know, whatever. Yeah. So <laughs> I thought it was interesting because as I invited um, my friend Alex today, it looked like his email address was like Rev Layton. And so right. I thought, wow, well, wait a minute. You're a father. Oh, Do you go by Reverend too? And <laughs> explain, explain what the meaning of that is. Well, so just like you, Reverend Bryce, I am uh, the Reverend Alex Layton, but it kind of came to me, uh, you know, in, in getting a new email. This is back when I was switching from Hotmail. Remember Hotmail? Uh, I switched from Hotmail to Gmail and I needed a new address. And uh, my initials happened to be, uh, so if I shorten the thing, it'd be Rev A. Layton, but you put it all together. It's like, hey, Rev A. Layton. You know, and so there's a kind of a, a nerdy, a nerdy pastor joke in there too. But, but uh, yeah, hey, I, I I can't do anything without the revelation of God. So how about that? Yeah, is that good? Yeah, <laughs> come on, That's come so on. <laughs> I got to come up with something better than just Pastor B. <laughs> <laughs> pastor B is your rap name, though, man. That's pretty pretty smooth. Hey, so uh, tell me a little bit about where you came from and what yeah. you're doing in Montana. Sure. Um, well, I am, I, it, my testimony goes way back. Uh, my, uh, my folks were 19 and 17 when they got pregnant with me. And this was 1973 when they were pregnant. You know, your history, that's kind of Roe v. Wade. Right. And they had a priest, um, av advise them to abort me. And so, uh, my story begins that um, my folks trusted in Jesus and prayed and determined that they wouldn't determine that, that they were going to keep me and love me. And, uh, I just, I, I, I can identify with John Wesley who survived a, a fire as a baby, as a young child. And he said, I was a brand plucked from the fire. So as I kind of have processed that story, as I got older, I'm like, my whole life is grace, man. My whole life is a gift of grace from God. And, um, you know, part of my journey is saying as a kid, I would never do what my dad does. My dad's a pastor. And I, I said, man, I'd never do that. And be careful telling God what you'll never do. Right. Um, he has a sense of humor about that. And, and it was just one of those things where as I got older, I had my own journey, my own running from God. I, I know what it's like to be both kids in the story of the prodigal. I know what it's like to, to run from God and to, uh, to just say, I'm going to do this on my own. And I also know kind of the religious spirit of, of the older son who I would say the older son had a relationship with the rules and not a relationship with his father. And, and so personally, my, my journey is, Lord, continually bring me back to your heart and your heart for me. 
and and not only in that father's heart then then how do i love out of that and so we're joking earlier being called father alex it's i i know my role here as one to uh model the father's love and and that's you know for my for my children first and foremost but for anybody that's um in my congregation parish and and beyond you know the, the parish model is Hey, I, I, I'm called to this valley. I'm called to this area. So let me go back to that calling. Um, we, we served on the East Coast. I'm from New England originally. We served in, in New York and Virginia and um, had served a parish in New York for six or seven years and, and was coming to the point of, all right, what's next? And um, we had planted a church before, and my wife and I were part of that together. And, and, and she said, you know what? I think we could plant again. And my heart is to, I think I'm more pioneer than settler uh, in that kind of stuff. And so to come out, to come out here and, and think about what was next, um, we talked to some regional folks in our denomination and they mentioned Bozeman and, and I had barely even ever heard of Bozeman. Um, so three, three or four years ago, we came out, prayer walked. We made sure we came out in February, so we got a little taste of winter. Um, <laughs> should have came out in April or should, May. We should have come out in May, year. yeah, because that's <laughs> totally, that's how long winter is. Um, it's literally snowing outside. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> totally. Um, but so we were prayer walking, and, and one of the things we prayed was, it's that Henry Blackaby experiencing God prayer, which I love, and he says, look, when you begin a new thing, you think it's a new thing and nobody's ever thought of it before, but you need to ask God, God, what are you already doing? Because he's already, he's gone ahead of us. His spirit has gone ahead of us. Yeah. And so isn't that good? And not, and, and so we prayed that we prayed, Lord, you're already here. You're already in this town. You're already in this Valley. You have your people here. We knew their churches here already. There, there, there've been generations of faithful ministry here. And the prayer was, Lord, we want to come alongside you with what you're already doing. Show us. And so we got, we did a prayer walk downtown Main Street, Bozeman. We went into a coffee shop and grabbed our coffees and came outside. And we turned the corner and boom, on the sidewalk, in sidewalk chalk. Now, remember, this is February. Sidewalk chalk, you know, we do this stuff in, in, in the summer and sidewalk and, you know, kind of uh, sidewalk days and all that kind of stuff. But, but in February, on the sidewalk is 1 John 4, 8, God is love. Then we go to the next block and it's Jesus loves you, has a plan for your life. Um, you just, the, the whole town had been sidewalk chalk and we're laughing and crying and just going, we prayed for a sign that you're here. And the fact that there's literally scripture written under our feet is such wow. a gift to us in that moment. And it wasn't just the, it wasn't just the message. It was the medium too, because we would go and pray over our kids' schools. This is back in Virginia. We'd pray over our kids' schools and sidewalk chalk, scriptures, and encouraging words, comfort, strength. And just the fact that God would use sidewalk chalk that way to do that for us um, was just an incredible gift. That, that's one story in the many stories of, of him calling us here. Um, I feel like our personal calling is here is to see sons and daughters become fathers and mothers. And that's our, that's our family calling. Um, but we want to see sons and daughters, people called into relationship with God. We, we know from the first chapter of John, it's to those who believe and he gave the right to be called children. And so to, to recognize our adoption in Christ, 
and then to see people grown to maturity and become spiritual fathers and mothers um, and raise up the next generation to serve. Uh, it's that generational ministry that we really feel, feel called to. So yeah, man. Yes. Anyway, that's, that, that was probably more than you, uh, you bargained for when you asked me that, but um, that's great. But you had, you had brought up the story of the prodigal son, which just happens to be one of my all time favorite stories in the Bible. I think Tim Keller does an amazing job with that in the prodigal God. Amen. Um, I love that book. So you said that your dad was a pastor and then obviously now you're, in the ministry. Was yep. there a time in your life where you wandered away? Yeah, literally. Um, I was in, uh, I was, uh, certainly in, in college, I had my own kind of struggle and wrestle with, is this going to be my own? Uh, it actually was after seminary and I was in a really challenging ministry role and there was division. And I personally was unhealthy dealing with a lot of anxiety. And I was, I was supposed to be there for a meeting on a day and I left. I just took off. I literally drove out of town, drove hundreds of miles away and um, was broken and was like, I'm done with this. I'm out. I'm not doing this anymore. Uh, um, And thankfully there was a healing and restoration process and um, you know, whatever, but I was a young man and just trying to sort out, you know, kind of early twenties, what, what I was supposed to do. And, um, it was, uh, it was, it was God, hidden rescue me. I love this story that, you know, certainly the, the young man repents and returns, but it really is about the grace of the father running out to him. Now, I love Tim Keller's book. Kenneth Bailey has a great book called um, The Cross and the Prodigal. And he just shows from an from a, uh, ancient Near East perspective, what it meant for an old man to like, hike up his garments and run. It was bare the, his you know, the, legs. He, he bare his legs. Nobody, no old man in that culture runs. Everything comes to him, right? Right. right? right. And so for the father to do that was scandalous in the minds of the hearers because it meant the father taking shame, taking shame onto himself. Um, and, and that means to me, my heavenly father who pursued me to the, to the ends of the world as I was in rebellion and, and anxiety and depression, um, just he loves me and wants to wants me uh, to know how how far he'll come for me. Um, but I also love in in the story too. And man, I, don't get me preaching. I'm sorry, <laughs> but that he goes to the son in the field, right? He right. goes to the son. He goes to him, and and says your your brother's home. You know that stuff. So. Yeah. And I, I love the story of the prodigal son because we all are going to play a part in that yeah. story. Amen. You might be the, the elder brother. You might yeah. be stuck on rules and traditions. And that's right. I tell you what, pastoring the church and seeing the rules and traditions that we've been steeped in for so many years, right. um, th- that scripture jumped out at me when it says, how long will you obey the yeah. um, traditions of man rather than the commands of God? Yeah. And it really got me thinking about how we do church and yep. what yep. that looks like to the father. Um, yeah, for sure. I love um, GK Chesterton. He's one of my heroes. And he said this about tradition. He said, tradition is the democracy of the dead. It means giving a vote to those who've gone on before us. So if we treat it as um, here's another place to get good ideas from, 
but at the same time, uh, not to be locked in as you're talking about, don't just do it out of, uh, out of a rote kind of, uh, relationship. I, I think underneath that, obviously, and Jesus came up that he had the harshest words for the religious folks in his day, the harshest words for the Pharisees and the teachers of the law. And, and man, I, if I don't turn those harsh words on myself, because I know that the, that the spirit of religion can, can be at work in me if I'm not, if I'm not repenting and coming and constantly repenting and returning, um, man, that, that's, that's where we need to be is, is a place of, of humility. But Absolutely. Cause I think it's crazy coming from um, a background of a religious spirit, which, mm. which pushed me out of the church for 10 sure. years. I, sure. mean, I, I ran and lived the life of debauchery and, most people on social media that see me preaching or posting about Jesus are like, Whoa, man, what happened with that guy? I, I know who he was. I love it. But man, how about this time that we're living in right now? Is, yeah. I, this is just my humble opinion. Um, I don't think I'm going to go write a book about it or anything, but right. God has taken this time to remove us out of all of our traditions and say get right. back to your first love that's right oh i agree with that i, I love agree with that you Youth should communion. write that you do need to write that book man come perhaps on perhaps i do <laughs> communion's great i love communion it's one of the most holy sacred things that we have next to baptism sure um but it looks different now oh uh, for sure so sure. now now we're asking our our members, our congregants to have communion at home and serve it to one another with uh, some apple juice and a, and a cheese it. <laughs> like, let's I remember, I, I remember seeing a youth group do, do communion with uh, grape soda and Doritos. <laughs> Good. Whatever move. you got, man, whatever you got. <laughs> so yeah, man, I, I, yeah. There's this discussion going around. I'm not sure if you've been a part of it yet. Uh, I was just on a Zoom call earlier today. We were discussing the fact that uh, this one guy wrote this article that says all this online ministry that we're being forced into has set the church back 25 years. Mm. I totally disagree. Uh, we yeah. need to be aware of that. And how yeah. do we come out of this? Because I think if we, Alex, I think if we come out of this, and go right back into Sunday service inside the walls of the church. We've lost the lesson. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so good. I, I I I totally agree with what you just said. I I don't agree with the the set us back twenty five years. I think, man, you've got people that are doing the best they can with what they got, and I know I can't compete with. First off, I'm not to compete. That I've just got to take that out of my mindset as far as church goes. This isn't competition. This, this isn't, you know, uh, somebody's saying it's like ants fighting over the size of an elephant. Um, as far as, you know, churchgoers, you know, our mission is the 90% of people that don't go to church, you know? So it's not that we're competing for that 10%, but if somebody wants to tune in on a Facebook live or a YouTube broadcast of church with a far higher production value than, than say I can do great. God bless them. They're going to, they're going to hear a good message. They're going to see great worship and stuff like that. I think for what we can do for our people right now is the reassuring presence of Pastor Bryce and his Bible and, and preaching the word of God. I'll get that however I can, you know, 
and and you know those of us and and yourself included that include our families in that you know my, my daughter we have a worship service the other night and my water my daughter fell asleep on the couch with us and it's like hey you know this is life this is what it means to do family um and you know we didn't make a huge deal out of it um right. yeah. you know we, we see that in the scriptures the guy falls out the window and <laughs> paul has to raise him from the dead right yeah. <laughs> but you know i, I don't want to go that far but <laughs> But I think we have a unique time and, and the prayer that I'm praying and, and these, it's not, it's not out of two sides of my mouth. We're praying for an immediate end to this in Jesus name. We're praying for a miraculous end to coronavirus. And yet at the same time, we pray, God, don't waste anything that you want to teach me and show me. And that's, that's my personal prayer. But I think that's our prayer for the church, that he would use this time as a way to draw us closer to himself. Um, and the season of jubilee and rest and letting some stuff lie fallow to be, you know, think of it as a season of letting a, a certain thing lie fallow and to be returned to and the soil turned over and replanted. And, and, and so I think, you know, the stuff that we need to learn uh, is how, how much we long for community. God said it's not good for man to be alone, certainly because of the of the bride that he gave him but also just it's not good for us to be alone you know we we need each other and 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 yet i love what you're saying about that he would take us outside the walls of the church and and he's pouring out a spirit of creativity right now that we would respond to um and be creative with how we reach our neighbors with the good news so those are some just some quick thoughts as as to how you're saying what you're saying i i think I think that book needs to be read. I'd love to hear more about what you're exploring personally with, with what God's teaching you in this time about how to do church. Yeah, it's a pretty wild story that we find ourselves in right now. Uh, we get to be a part of the future of the church. And so that's pretty exciting. Um, there's a few podcasts that I listen to, the Jocko podcast, if you want a um, pretty gnarly podcast this guy was a navy seal and he gets together with his old navy seal buddies their podcasts are two and a half hours long well we try not to do that with the joshua project podcast (laughs) so i'm gonna wrap it up with this yeah please do i since i've met you alex i've enjoyed my time with you Uh, we've gotten together to um, sample the local tap and sit down and have a cigar together um just have um pub theology as i like to call it amen absolutely love those times uh for ash wednesday i met you and your crew and although that's not the doxology that i grew up with um Mm. i absolutely loved your Mm. ash wednesday service oh it was such an honor to have you there bro and you know that i get a kick out of calling you father because <laughs> right, we'll right, get right. the pub and you'll have your collar on still <laughs> and I, number one i just think it's a huge um yeah. show of honor and respect for the calling that god's placed on your life mm. but i did come across the scripture in yeah. matthew 23 verse uh nine and it said and do not call anyone on earth father for you have one father and he is in heaven um i'm not bothered um, by this, I don't think you're trying to portray yourself as some sort of demigod or anything or, or the next Messiah. Good. Um, but it was brought up to me in conversation the other day. And I thought, you know what? When I have Father Alex on the podcast, I'm going to straight yeah. up ask him about That's that. That's awesome. That's awesome. I love it. 
first off, I, I, I want to just be clear about scripture. I believe the Bible is God's word. Uh, I, I don't have to try to explain it. I need to sit under it. I need to receive it. And I receive uh, this question in the sense of humility. And anytime I have a question about scriptures, it's always, Hey, let's go to this and study this together. And so that that's, you know, doing this with you is, is awesome. Um, I would want to say the first off. Um, so does that mean Jesus is saying, don't call your earthly parents, father and mother. That's, that's a, that's a first question. Um, I, I think in the context of what he's talking about is certainly with religious hypocrisy, right? And so I would, I would, I wouldn't want to soften the sting of Jesus's words about religious hypocrisy in this. And in the sense of, um, you know, if, if it's not done out of a place of honor, I, I hear what you're saying and I honor you too, bro. And, and, and love calling you pastor Bryce. Uh, I think the, the honor that we have for one another goes beyond just our titles or our roles. Um, St. Peter says to honor everyone. And so, uh, what I need to do is recognize each person I encounter is someone made in the image of God. Each person I encounter is somebody that Jesus shed his blood for. And so even just that is a place of honor. And, and um, so as regarding titles, um, I think what this, what this office and role that I have as pastor, clergy person, priest, um, and, and in our tradition, many people choose to call the leader father. And that has to me an air of respect and uh, an air of family, that what we're doing as church is not just an institution, but there's a family aspect to it. Um, obviously, we have one heavenly father. Um, this role that I am to live out, even as I parent my children, and they call me, their, their word for me is papa uh, from our Scandinavian tradition. So they call me Papa. Um, but, but Father Alex to me is a sign of, it's a reminder to me to humble myself that I would be a, a conduit of the Father's love. I would be a, an image, a, a living signpost to what the Heavenly Father is like. And if you want to see what I love, it's Bill Johnson that says it this way. He says, you want to know what the Father is like, look at Jesus. Jesus is perfect theology. And so did Jesus allow people to, to humble themselves before him? Remember when Jesus allowed the woman to, uh, to wash his feet, he told them not to stop her, right? And so uh, expressions of, of reverence and awe, re expressions of humility, uh, Jesus doesn't stop folks from doing that. So I can't tell if people do it out of religious tradition or not. I, I want in my heart, it's always, Lord, let your fatherhood shine through. So that's, that's my heart uh, for that, bro. And, you know, man, don't get me started. I, I can tell it, you know, yeah, we could go two and a half hours on this. I want to honor your, uh, your time frame too, but I'm so grateful to be with you today, bro. Hey man, that's a beautiful explanation. Thank you for doing that. Hey, we yeah. could do two and a half hour podcast, but all yeah. it allows us is to have you on again. All right. All right, man. Anytime. I look forward to that. Anytime. Hey, these are different days that we're living in. Yeah. How about a word of encouragement for those listening? Amen. Um, I'm in John 17 uh, and just, um, just reading through the prayer for unity. 
that Jesus, the high priest, prays over us. And that's my prayer, that we come out of this, um, yes, humbled and, and learning what we need to, but even more relying on each other. I need my Baptist friends. I need my uh, non-denom friends. I need my Pentecostal charismatic friends. We need each other to, to again, place those labels on a secondary thing. I'm part of a group that says, check your logo and your ego at the door. Amen. So we don't need to, <laughs> we need to talk about Jesus. And, and what, what I see coming out of this is a greater depth of, depth of unity for not just pastors and leaders, but for the whole church, for neighbors. We have neighbors across the street that go to a different church. And yet uh, we have come together to pray we prayed at a socially distanced fire pit the other night where, you know, we had a fire pit on the driveway and we're praying for our neighbors that nice. we're already planning a block bar, a block party, barbecue yep. thing Excellent. that once, once everybody gets out of this, it's going to be a party. And so I just, that's my prayer and hope and encouragement for each person listening to this, wherever they are, think about your neighbors. And, and if you have other believers in your neighborhood, get together and pray with them and, Pray especially for God's heart for, for your neighborhood. Amen to that, man. Uh, I just went up and down the block yesterday nice. and handed out some door hangers with my personal information on it to all my neighbors. Let me tell you what. It was getting later. The temperature was dropping. <laughs> And I didn't want to go. I'm going to be honest with you, man. I was like, oh, mm. I'll, just, I'll do it Friday because snow's coming and yeah, I'll just do it on Friday. I got up and I went out and after the second door and the second conversation I had, dude, I was pumped, man. Beautiful. And I went down the whole block and I talked to everybody that was home. Everybody was welcoming the yeah. message of, Hey, I'm praying for you. Here's my oh. contact info. If you need anything, just let me know. Yeah. Was well received. And my whole block is under full agreement that we're having a block party. when all I love it. Up. Oh, it's going to be so cool. So, hey guys, um, as you finish up this podcast, do me a favor and contact three people just right now. Just, but it's not going to take long at all. Call them on the phone and let them actually hear your voice. Um, they will be so happy to hear from you. And it could be somebody from within your church that you just haven't seen in a few weeks. Um, perhaps it's a neighbor or a family friend or a friend that lives across the country now pick up your phone and call them or text them and just let them know that you've been thinking about them. So my friends, I encourage you to keep the faith during these times, encourage one another, equip one another and to be well and love one another, my friends. Peace. <laughs>